Power Level is recorded in front of a live digital audience exclusively at Ritual Motions Guild. Aimed toward gamers, Ritual Motions Guild is all about gamers united in live discussion. Join us every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central to join the conversation. Registration is free at ritualmotion.com. going on everyone and welcome to power level i'm your host crystal mills and today looks a little bit different because obviously we don't normally record power level episodes on friday but today is pretty special because i get to interview uzair Hassan, the founder and owner of esports how and the author of the upcoming book the esports career guide how to get a job in the esports industry so it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm gonna pull him up on stage and uh we're just gonna jump into it so let's see here we go hey, <laughs> hey yeah. how are you doing I'm doing well. I'm very excited to discuss a lot of our topics here and share more about, you know, how to get a job in the esports industry. Yeah. So uh, if any of you are listening in the future or wherever you are listening or watching to this podcast today, if you're trying to find a way into the industry, like this is the episode you want to you want to check out and tune into because it's been a, a cool career focused week uh, this week. And it kind of accidentally lined up that way because on Wednesday we were talking about how to survive as a freelancer in esports, which is obviously a you know a bit of a branch when it comes to finding a career in this industry um but obviously it's not the only way so i'm really excited to kind of jump into your experience and what led you to you know publishing your book and what you're doing today so uh, before we get into questions if you'd like to just talk a little bit about yourself and and your experience and then we'll we'll go from there sure 100 percent. so like you mentioned i'm the owner of Esports How, which originally was an esports B2B consultancy. I did that for a few months and now looking to transition into more um, more info products, sort of um, boot camp sort of stuff that we kind of have in our pipeline for 2022 onwards. But nevertheless, in terms of my history in esports, that would jump back all the way four years ago when I was in high school, a really big League of Legends player. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it on the casual side, just playing for myself. but. I really I liked it so much, but the only thing was I had to go to school and it was like <laughs> I have one life at school and then one life at you know at home just playing a bunch of games. So I ended up starting uh, a club. That club bombed. Like we had 50 people in the first uh, meeting and then we had like five in the second and like two in the third and the two were just like my friends. Uh, <laughs> and like I'm, I'm sure you can relate. It's like people when people initially came to the club they wanted to play games like that was kind of the mentality our, our thought process was that we'll watch stuff because you can't really play and i was i was pretty much big into league that's all i wanted to do um but people really didn't want to watch league bots and we couldn't play league at school the next year we changed it up so we had um smash uh, a lot of smash tournaments and stuff like that and that worked out really well but that was the first time i actually got into the industry from there Luckily, when I first started that club, I had a Discord server. So we used that server. Me and me and a few friends actually wanted to run some tournaments for the fun of it. So we're like, hey, we might as well get the people in the server to play. We'll see how it goes. Ended up going really well. Started up a student-run organization, and that just became history. Nice. So League of Legends. I, I enjoy watching League of Legends. I am so bad at it, though. If I start, you, you don't want me on your team. Let's just say that. I'm, I'm really good at moral support, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need moral support in league. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. So I've heard. Um, so yeah, we're gonna obviously jump into how to find a job in esports. But 
I just want to know just from your own experiences, like what are some of the biggest challenges you've had when it comes to kind of navigating the job space in this industry? So the the one thing, uh, particularly for this industry, but not exclusively, is just the lack of direction. It's like, what do you do? I remember when I, so I ended up signing up for the first ever post-secondary esport business program in North America at Lambton College, which is situated in Canada, conveniently enough, because I'm Canadian. So um, I went to that program. And even through that, a lot of my fellow students ended up not getting a job. And it's like, a lot of us came into that program kind of thinking that you would get you would go through the program get a diploma and get a job in the esport industry but like the reality is post-secondary never guaranteed you a job they guaranteed you a piece of paper if you complete this that's about (laughs) it so um i got very lucky though because when i first signed up for the program i googled um you know like i googled about the program i forgot what it was but i saw this reddit post and people were saying like uh these type of programs prey on people that uh, don't understand the actual job market and like it's not possible to get a job in esports only players get a job in esports um and it was like people that get these diploma are probably just gonna you know mess up their lives or whatever and that kind of shook me enough where it was very naive kind of shook like like it was very like what they're writing was completely wrong but it kind of gave me the perspective like okay i gotta really work for this and ended up doing that got very lucky with the people in my life both the mentorship and also the opportunities that came my way just by being a little more active Mm -hmm. but the biggest thing by far is just the lack of information of know-how where to go and what to do yeah i mean esports is is kind of i mean obviously it's still in its infancy technically um but you know i i started writing uh, in gaming and esports over 10 years ago and when i first started writing there wasn't i mean the esports existed um but it definitely wasn't as big as it is today so the direction there was mostly if you're involved in esports it's because you know, you're doing this after school it's more of a hobby um and you know there were a few people and a few of like the early orgs that were like you know we have something here something's happening this is going to grow insanely huge in in the future um, and I remember telling people that, you know, you're you're going to want a piece of this industry um, as it continues to grow. And obviously it's you know exploding now. So um, I do agree that there is very little direction as far as that goes. And a lot of people, especially outside of the industry that want to get into it. I mean, traditionally, you think you go to college, you get a degree, you get a job. And with esports being so new, um, and so I'm almost just misunderstood with people outside of the industry. It's definitely something that could be a little bit misleading to people, I think. Um, but that's definitely a huge barrier that I hear from a lot of people, uh, which is interesting. Um, but you know, what what would you change in order to help people find careers in order to break down some of those barriers? Yeah, I think I think a big thing is just spreading information, not only about uh, how to get a job in esports and like what the industry is. But also like how to get jobs in general. Like I remember when I was in post-secondary, which wasn't too long ago, a few months ago, actually, um, we like the way we had a forced um, like every every cohort and every kind of uh, program had to go through this job search and success success um, like class. And they have like every university and like college has their own like careers department. But what they teach you is like get your resume up to par this is what you do they don't explain why you're doing this or what what it even supposed to is and they're like just apply and it's like that's not really how the job (laughs) the job market really works when you look at the data uh it's insane how much networking and referrals and uh, that is really what drives all like all pretty much all of the um 
the jobs that come into play. Like to give a give an example, uh, LinkedIn and another company worked together to find some data, and they found that for every one person that gets a job through an online job board, 11 people are getting it through other means. Another separate LinkedIn research in 2016. Uh, found that 70% of people that got a job that year uh, from their research got already knew someone in the company, and 80, a, a little more than 80% of people said that uh, networking continued to be a vital part of their career success and where they came to today. So it's, it's insane, and I wish that was a little more better communicated. Not only that, obviously the esport as at a whole in terms of what the industry is, what it's not, how to get in, what's not to get in, like the com- competition, the um, The ecosystem and all that information is super important. It all comes back to understanding the like the know-how and what it is, and then kind of taking the direction from there. Okay, going from there, though, you know what what kind of tools do you think we could create to kind of open the door for people, whether it's networking or I don't know something like HitMarker, where there are more more jobs that can easily be accessed. Like, is there anything else that you think that could be developed to to help people at least find a direction? Yeah, there, there's a a lot you can do in terms of that side. That I, actually, my company, what we're looking to do 2022 is really help on the entry level side in terms of actually understanding what it is and how to go through. Like right now, we're very early on in the development phase, more in the ideation, but looking at potential boot camp alternatives to post secondary. And I know like there's other organizations that are doing boot camp like things or even certifications. I think those are very necessary, like UCLA, um, the ECI. There's a lot of different um, ind- individuals coming into the space, and like you mentioned, job boards as well. Hitmarker, Efuse is doing a lot of work as well. So there's, it's a very interesting to see the direction we're going. So what we're trying to do is trying to bring those parties together and build like a full pipeline where you get the education, but the education is only one part of it. You get that certification, but then you also get the information like what it really is to get a job. How do you actually build these opportunities? How do you get referrals? Like how do you build those relationships? I think that's a very big part that, that education needs to come down because the industry, as long as there's humans and human resources, there you need referrals to get a job. Right, and I think it's you know obviously interesting that you you talk about education. You know we think about education or implementing esports into an educational system,、um, but one of the issues that we're seeing is that a lot of people think that in order to get into the industry, you have to be you know something like a streamer. And of course, when you get involved into something like that, you put all of your focus into going live on Twitch, and you don't necessarily research into how you you make a successful brand out of that. Like it's obviously. Not just that, you know. There's so much involved.、Um, so you you have like the resources, like the mentorships, the the job boards.、Uh, Efuse, for an example,、um, is great too. But you're still seeing a lot of, especially young people, jump on and being like, "Okay, I really want you to come and watch my stream. This is, you know, I have to be big on Twitch. That's what success is. And obviously, that's not the main path to success." And a lot of people get burned out and kind of discouraged over that. So it's cool to, to see resources that are coming out. You know, things that you're writing to, like your book,、uh, which I'm about to segue into,、um, to kind of help, help people find a direction and and kind of clarify how things work. Because I think a lot of people kind of see gaming and esports in one particular way, and it's hard for them to to find another direction to take because it feels like you know. Streaming in particular is such a big part of content creation and and being popular and you know how popularity attracts that success.、Um, just to just leech off on that,、um, I, I in the book I believe it was chapter three where we really we nail down that point exactly what you're making.、Um, according to Hitmarker's 2019 job report, which、uh, there's a few problems with the report, and I kind of break down that. 
break down like those specific problems. But in that report specifically, you notice that only 10% of jobs, because a, a big part as well, and I, I talk to people inside and outside the industry, uh, grassroots and also just, you know, more professionals in different industries. And like the big, big misunderstanding, a uh, mis. Uh, misconception, like you were mentioning, is the fact that people see esports being like your tournament organizers, your streamers, uh, your you know content analysts, your recruiters, and that is 100% a part of the industry. But that, according to the Hit Marker report, that's about 10%. And if you exclude turn, um, event organizing, that's about 5%. Um, and like you can you can say event organizing is kind of esports specific, just the way events are organized very differently. But like the point is, it's such a small fraction of the entire industry. Where if you just understood that. And I wish, and this was a really big part for me too, personally, because my entire time trying to get a job in esports, I would wanted to be a tournament organizer because I saw that to be the only way I would actually make it into the industry. Little did I know how competitive it is because everyone in grassroots, everyone in college and university that wants to get into esports is tournament organizing. <laughs> and the worst part is it's going to be, it's something that's very much going to be automated. And the way we're kind of seeing conglomerates as well within esports, like uh, exclusivity deals, uh, Play VS is a great example of how that's kind of shifting uh, with Riot and also some other organizations in Nintendo. Um, like we're going to see a lot of more centralized tournaments, um, especially once they start to make a lot more money where tournament organizing is going to be a terrible route to go down. Mm -hmm. I love that I can awkwardly ramble about this and you're like, yeah, here are the stats. <laughs> so it makes me sound not not so crazy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a massive numbers person. So. <laughs> you know, I, I say that I like to look into the stats and stuff, but uh, I'm not a numbers person. So I'm, I'm totally glad that you're here to back me up on that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really want to get into your upcoming book. So you know, can you talk a little bit more about your book? Like, when is it coming out? How can we get it? <laughs> yeah, I can I can go hours and hours. So <laughs> if you have four hours, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, the book was set up, um, I guess, even before talking about the book. The reason why I, I wrote this book was because, like I mentioned, I was in the uh, first ever esport business program in North America. And through that program, a lot of my, although I was able to get multiple contracts and a full-time job offer at Lazarus Esports, which is an esports team in Canada, um, a lot of my fellow colleagues are returning to school, uh, fellow classmates rather, returning to school uh, for different programs, unsatisfied with um, their result and looking to get into a different industry. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons why. And I, I did a lot of introspecting in terms of what got me those contracts and that offer and what did they miss misplay and where did they go wrong and where did I go wrong? Because it took me four years to kind of get to that result. Could have taken me a lot faster. I could have done stuff a lot better. Um, and I wasted a ton of money because I was kind of lucky in terms of the work I did, like on the side, I had money stacked up. So I was paying for stuff that I didn't really need. I did stuff <laughs> I really shouldn't have. And so that what that's what kind of inspired me to build this book was like, I wish I had a resource four years in the past that I could read and I could understand, be like, OK, this is what esports is. This is how you get a job. This is what I should be doing. This is the direction I should go. So the way I kind of structured the book is that there's four sections. It's been I've made so many iterations of the book, and this is kind of the one I decided to stick with was uh, first section is a theory. Like, what is what is esports? The first chapter actually talks about what is why you should run away from esports. So I call it the five reasons to run. Like um, <laughs> the things that people don't really talk about with the industry. From there, we talk about um, what does it actually take to get into the industry? What kind of jobs and how do you build what I call your ancestry? Because the way the book is structured, is like a game. Um, so you build, you pick your ancestry and that is 
that's the chapter where we talk about okay there's traditional roles there's non-traditional esports specific roles how do you decide what you want to go for how do you build that portfolio um and then the second section is all about actually going from level one to level 50 or whatever level you kind of want to go to in terms of uh this is how you actually start building your experience and this is the direction you should go this is the things you should consider this is things you should avoid these are kind of the emotional uh self-sabotage missteps that you'll take that you want to avoid and those are the biggest thing i've seen people and hit prevent people from getting a job are those uh self-sabotaging elements and then the third section which is the beefiest section the most valuable in my opinion is actually how do you get the job how do you go from okay i have enough experience i have enough um you know, my, my feet are kind of planted in the ground. What do I do from here? So there's uh, six different classes um, to get a job in the industry or to get into the industry. Three are job specific, three are um, non-job specific. So contracting is one of the pathways, very, very large. Growing since 2009 is not seeing, freelancing is massive and it's conti it's continuing to grow. And then the last section is kind of the um, outro. So it's like the um, ending route so you have like a neutral ending a bad ending good ending sort of like a game uh vibe and those are super short um and then the last one is the true ending as well where i kind of even talk about my past and my um personal issues and then how it kind of was able to take it uh 120 so it's kind of a massive passion project it's just how people and i'm gonna it's very much priced in a way and built in a way and even designed in a way where it's not the most um business uh, strategic and it's but it's like something that I really wanted to put out there and I'm kind of happy with how it ended out. Mm -hmm. I, I have to ask because as another writer, um, the, the idea of writing a book and the kind of the process behind it is really fascinating to me. So, I mean, you said that there were multiple different visions and this is the one that you ultimately decided to, to go with. Kind of, can you talk a little bit about the process behind it? How you decided to kind of make it a little bit like a game versus, you know, other businessy type books that just kind of lay everything out in a very stale and boring way sorry other books <laughs> <laughs> yeah see that it was it was a hard balance um but even to actually to address the initial question um when i was doing initial uh vetting in terms of what i should be writing and um understanding what the market would kind of like would they is there a need for a book the number one thing i kind of took um people told me it was that people kind of like gamers specifically but not exclusively more so gen z's don't uh read and that, that i was actually looking at the data really recently and it's not true we're not reading as much as millennials but we're it's we're definitely still reading a good portion and i think it was like 34 percent. i might be a little off in that number and i don't remember the source but um 34% of people in uh, Gen Z's uh, read, so uh, like read for a passion, right? So that's not nonfiction per se, but it is nonfiction within that number. Uh, but nevertheless, there is an issue of like people don't read. So I was like, how do I make this a little more fun? And I started off with the hero's journey because when I really re retrospected and introspected in terms of my process, it very much followed the hero's journey. And that's why the book was very much structured in a way where it's like, I'm talking about my own past. And then I kind of, and I, in fact, the entire book was supposed to be a, a journal of my my history going from step A to step C because I made so many mistakes, so <laughs> many right, right turns and wrong turns. That it, like it made perfect sense to do that. And in fact, I had a, a half a dozen, if not a dozen people stories that I was also putting in terms of how they got into esports and then also adding with that information of how to actually do what we did and like what's the outcomes what was the lessons from those 
um, that became super, super long, like extensively long. There's too many words. <laughs> so I cut out my own story.、Uh, and then I was evolving upon the hero's journey where I started to notice I can turn a lot of this into a game. And it really sounded better as a game. So I added the gaming elements and then it became too long again. So I took out the hero's journey. And at the end, I ended up keeping it gamified where I really like it. Some of the parts are kind of cringy, I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> But I, I, when I read it, I kind of laugh. I don't know if it's because I read it, but I got some other people to read it. Some agree, some say it is kind of over, over the top, but、um, it, it's, it's a fun write,、uh, a fun read to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if it's fun, then who cares, right? <laughs>、yeah. The problem was always to balance out the fluff with like the fun writing and then the actual meat of the content. Like I、right. could cut the book down significantly if I took that out, but I thought. Like, because of the issue, like making it an enjoyable read, that was kind of the priority there.、Mm-hmm. And yeah, definitely, especially in this industry, too. If we're going to get people to read, it's got to be <laughs> it's gotta be fun. <laughs>、yeah. um, so I'm bouncing around a little bit, but I know you mentioned a little bit earlier about some of the self sabotage behaviors. And in chat, Caroline is asking,、uh, what are some of those behaviors? Yeah. So, in terms of the、uh, sabotage, so、um, the way I kind of frame it in the book, are there, there are many bosses. Because initially, when I wrote the first、uh, few iterations of the gamification element, I was thinking, like, it's kind of like a Super Mario sort of thing where you come to a boss, like maybe it's writing a resume, and then you have to surpass that boss and then you enter this new world of opportunities and options. But then I, I kind of, after writing it, I realized that's not the case because I, I'm not here trying to get a job and I'm struggling to write my resume. I can do that in five minutes. Um, it, it could be ugly, it could be terrible, but I can do it. <laughs> the issue that actually are inhibiting people are self sabotaging elements. So there's six that I outline in the book.、Um, there's more for sure, but those are the six key ones that if you can avoid,、um, they're like, you're pretty much guaranteed, I would say,、uh, to get a job in the industry as long as you're putting in time.、Um, I'm going to try to give them off the top of my head. <laughs> but one of them, a key one was.、Um, A key one was misunderstanding what esports is. I'm trying to remember the exact wording of this, but nevertheless, it's basically like the like the big thing that my fellow students kind of misunderstood, and I did too, but in the other direction was what how to actually get into the industry. What was the um oh mismatched expectations? So, like, what is it that you really need to do? What is the requirements?、Uh, what is the job market actually looking for?、Um, another one is、uh, miss. Misevaluated opportunity costs. This is very big on the grassroots scene. It's like people, and I did this too. So, I, so when I say people, I'm going to actually say this to myself. I would run <laughs> tournaments again and again, the same tournament, same League of Legends、uh, 5v5 for my school, and they'll have 30 people. Would do it every month, same thing. And I would tell myself, okay, I'm making my pathway in the industry because I'm running these tournaments and again and again. That is not true at all、uh, because the fact I'm doing the same thing over and over again because it's very comfortable and I'm lying to myself. I'm Tricking myself to say, okay, I'm securing myself in the industry by doing something.、Um, but it's not it's not the case at all because you're you're basically doing the same thing. It's like if I was level 30 and I was slaying the level six mob over and over again, it's like I can get so much XP. I can run these for 50 times and I might have a little better portfolio, but it's not comparable to if I just fought that level 36 mob. Um, and it, it's it's kind of like, like when you,、um, it, it's like when COVID hit, for example, when people were buying like toilet paper like crazy, it's, <laughs> you're diluting yourself, you're tricking yourself. Okay, I'm getting security because I'm insecure.、Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was a big thing for me. 
another thing is not being not willing to make sacrifices right or failing willing to fail that is a very big soft skill within esports because of how fast the industry is growing companies want people that are okay to be like i ran this project and oh wow it really didn't turn out well mm -hmm. because you like and because teams aren't profitable right now for the most part same thing for tournament organizers are really really playing around with their business models so many different new revenue streams that we're seeing even in the past three years with teams throwing out new really cool initiatives but a lot of them are failing and you have to be willing to do that but um like i had, I had a friend personally speaking i, I know i'm rambling on here so <laughs> you're good you're forever. good <laughs> i i had a i had a friend because once i started to get uh freelance contracts I ended up, um, I was a leader in a lot of different positions and I had to fill in those positions, uh, leadership because I couldn't just like leave them scot-free and I really struggled to fill them in. And I have, remember this one conversation with a friend who's still a friend of mine, but he as well kind of gave up on esports. He said he didn't want to take the leadership position. I kind of sold him on why the value was for him specifically to take it. And in the end, he told me he was just afraid to be a leader because uh, he, he didn't want to let the team down. He was afraid he was going to mess it up. And all I was thinking in my head was when I ran my student run organization, we were actually supposed to incorporate as a nonprofit. It completely failed. My first hackathon event that I was going to run completely failed. When I came into even uh, in college, when I started the LCGC, uh, which was a college a esport club that we had, that was complete, like a complete mess. Um, like I, I keep failing again and again and again. And it's not to say that I'm a failure per se, but you have to be willing to make the failures in order to kind of learn, even if you're continuously failing. And the fact that you're not failing, you're probably doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, another one was burnout and health mismanagement. That that was a big focus uh, in, in like just because the people that are kind of in the grassroots that are kind of pushing themselves and even following the principles I lay out in the book, it's like a very important while you're doing this, that you're managing your health, you're taking the time out, you have a plan that you can kind of trust and infrastructure set up in place for yourself, like systems that you can kind of rely on if things get tough and you're like overwhelmed. That's super important. But I'm probably missing a few, but <laughs> that it, in a long sort of a uh, ranty sort of way those are kind of the things that you really have to be careful of no that is it, that's cool and it's good that you talk about failure too because a lot of people are afraid to fail and this is definitely an in industry that it kind of requires a little bit of a experimentation in a way um, yeah 100 so, i mean you know winning is teaching losing is learning you just kind of have to absorb what you can and learn from it and just continue on from there um, so yeah, that's, that's really good advice. And then also going into definitely the self-care aspect of this, like it's so easy to fall into that grind mentality where you just completely neglect every single thing that, you know, should, should be positive and keep you healthy. Um, and a lot of people don't do that. And a lot of people suffer because of it. And of course, you know, when you get burned out and you fall out of love with what you're doing, then you don't do it anymore. So yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we've talked a little bit about your book. Uh, we talked about uh, kind of the process that you went through as far as writing it. Uh, but uh, when can we get your book and where can we find it when it does come out? Yeah, so the the book has been, the date has been pushed a few times now. So we don't have a definitive deadline uh, launching just yet. It's gonna launch before the end of November. So it's uh, most likely gonna be the 22nd, if not the 23rd, but worst case, it's the 29th. Mm -hmm. uh, nevertheless, it'll be uh, in November. Um, if you are interested in the book, just go to esportshow.com slash book, and then you join the Discord, and I'll be notifying everyone there several times over that the book is out, so people are aware. But, um, but yeah, uh, one thing I've learned from writing a book is that I probably should get the book finished before I start marketing <laughs> stuff, because that was a big misplay on my end. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you're enthusiastic. You get excited about it. It's hard not to share when you're working on such a big project. So I feel that. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. But where can we also find you on social media? Yeah. Um, so you can find me on. I guess I'm. I'm not super active on social media, to be honest. I'm more active on the Discord if people are interacting there. But you can find me at esports underscore how on Twitter, on LinkedIn. My address bar. I, I don't know what you would call that little <laughs> thing, but it would be Kelfish for so K E L F I S H. Or you can just search up my name and see a long name that says Uzara Kelfish for Hassan Esports and Gaming Consultant. Again, trying to stand out there by being a little <laughs> aggressive, a little more willing to fail in that light. Um, but yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. I'm very active on LinkedIn if you interact interact with me there, and eFuse as well. So if Kelfish Four at Kelfish Four is my eFuse. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I think we are actually getting down to the wire here. But uh, is there anything else that you would like to add before we end this session? Yeah, I think um, the one thing I would say is when you're trying to get a job in an industry like esports the one thing people need to be very careful about is their sphere their circle their um family their friends and people that kind of because the industry is kind of like you mentioned very misunderstood um especially by older people and when people kind of hear like a younger individual trying to get into an industry like esports they're not gonna take you in a positive light they're not gonna take you seriously because they don't understand the industry so don't don't let um, the people that kind of misunderstand take you away from kind of wanting to try to get into an industry because as long as you kind of look at the numbers you understand that there is an opportunity here even if you're completely wrong and you completely fail in your steps and I'll, I'll tell you right now that you're not but even if you are the fact that you go through and kind of learn from that experience is much more valuable than blindly listening to people that you don't really understand or agree with yeah and i think just to bounce off of that too i think if i was going to give any sort of advice to people trying to find a job is uh definitely live outside of your comfort zone um, I mean, you know, I, I started off as, I guess you could say a journalist. Um, I just wanted to write about games. I, I normally nowadays, I say I, I thought I was a pretty good writer, but definitely not a great journalist. So sometimes it's nice to take those skills and kind of branch out and do something different. You know, now I'm hosting things. And I'm on video a lot more and it's been fantastic. So uh, branch out. And I think that that kind of goes into don't be afraid of the failure. So full circle yeah, 100% <laughs> and once you start doing something I've kind of noticed this too once you put your heart into something opportunities come out of it and you're like there's too many opportunities for you to count at that point mm -hmm. yeah passion is is awesome especially when you start to create your own uh stuff and opportunities out of that more people are going to feed into it so 100% well, awesome advice. I am looking forward to your book. I will definitely, uh, like I said backstage, we'll have to get my hands on that and give it a read. Um, but I think uh, we're going to say goodbye for now. But thank you, Zare, again for joining me today. And uh, thank you to everyone that's tuning in right now. And thank you to the ones who are going to be tuning in in the future. Uh, <laughs> so make sure to remember to follow Power Level on Twitter at P-W-R-L-E-V-E-L. -E -E and as always, go check out our website at powerlevelpodcast.com. I think the way that the episode is going to run today is uh, I'm probably going to publish this one on uh, all of your podcast platforms probably Monday morning. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but as always, uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, thank you all again. <laughs> Bye, everyone.